Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. John of Palmer. We could hear them in the not-too-far distance, the bells of Rome. We had passed through Rome the previous evening, my wife and I, on our way to Naples. It was early morning now, and we were stopped at a wayside inn, a tavern, to take food and drink and refresh ourselves before going on to Naples by stage. There was no one in sight in the small village. I thought that very odd. No one entering or coming out of the little church along the lane. But there were half a dozen horses tied up outside the church. Fine animals they were, too, saddled with expensive leather, and each saddlebag bearing the crest of a great and powerful family. The sun was bright, but without warmth. It was cold and chilly. You felt a threat of rain. Anna, my wife, stood beside me, wrapped up in her fur-lined cloak, its hood about her pretty head. Look. Look at that. A priest. They're dragging a priest out of the church. Get back. Keep out of sight. They're going to kill him. Quiet, will you? Once, twice, three times, a sword fell. It glistened in the sun. But when it fell for the third time, there was blood on it. Then it was all over. The body of the priest sprawled on the road. The six men mounted their horses and rode swiftly away towards Rome. We saw nothing. You understand? What happened was not our business. Let's not get involved. Everybody in this village must have known what was going on. But did anyone interfere? No. It was their priest and they did nothing to save him. Now perhaps you understand that people don't care about their priests. Now you've seen for yourself. The church is finished, believe me, Anna. Anna. 
Anna was sick and faint all the way down to Naples. I was glad she had seen evidence of what I'd been trying to tell her. The church was disintegrating, falling apart. People were losing faith in it. It was time for a sounder doctrine to replace the teachings of Christ. And there was a sounder doctrine. And there was a man who could propagate it, John of Parma. It was he I'd been sent to talk to. We found him in Naples. We found him praying. Oh, blessed Lord Jesus, in thy infinite wisdom and sight, thou seest all the evil that plagues the earth. Thou seest hands that are stained with blood and hearts that have grown black with hatred of thee and with treachery and corruption. Thou seest men who deny thee and men who challenge thee. And thou hast seen among us those who would split thy church into many factions and who would destroy it and who would sow disunity among men who love thee. And still thy church will persist in spite of all the evil that clamors at its walls. O Lord, we who love thee know this truth and give thanks to thee. We ask thy blessing, Lord Jesus, and we ask for thy grace that we may stand firmly against thy enemies. Father John Burali? You, you seem to know me. We were boys together in Parma. Your uncle was chaplain of St. Lazarus. He was your teacher. Then you do know me. I'm Nicolo de Basile de Parma. This is my wife, Anna. My child, what a pleasure to meet you. A greater one for me to meet you, Father. Nicolo de Basile de Parma. Of course. Now you finally do remember. Yes, I, yes, I remember. Only I thought you were going to study for the priesthood. Uh, there was a time when I thought so, too. Well, there are other ways of serving our Lord. And you have a lovely wife. Yes, there are other ways of serving. That's why I'm here. In fact, I came the length of this country just to talk to you. Oh? But uh, first we must find lodgings. Lodgings? Well, there's a spare room in my house. You must stay with me. Oh, that's too much trouble. Oh, I insist. Oh, you're very kind, Father. We'd love to. We had our bags taken to John of Palmer's rectory. I waited until Anna had retired for the night before talking to my old boyhood friend. It was a chilly evening in Naples. I was glad of the log fire that burned in John's small study. So you had an unpleasant experience on the way here, my son. My son? That sounds odd coming from you. I suppose it must. I suppose I should address you as father. Well, people generally do. Oh, help yourself to wine, Nicole. Oh, thank you. And tell me why you're here. Well, uh, how to begin? Um, several years ago, about the time you were studying for the priesthood, I joined a group that was and is dedicated to the philosophies of Joachim. Joachim? Ah, yes. Are you an admirer of Joachim? Well, he was a great scholar, my son great scholar, and a fine priest. He wrote some fine books. Do you approve of what he wrote? He wrote about the teachings of our Lord. Of course I approve. I knew it. You knew it? That you'd approve. I I have a feeling I should qualify my approval. Well, why? My son, I'm quite aware that after Joachim died, 
Many of his admirers formed a... a what, Father? A cult, and these people have taken his works and made use of them as he never intended use to be made of them. They've gone far beyond anything Joachim ever intended. And, my son, I do not approve of this group. I see. I... I take it, Niccolo. You belong to this group. I must belong to it. I call myself an intelligent man, Father. I never said... Now, listen to me, Father. You say we've gone beyond anything Joachim intended. But I tell you, we've not. We've simply interpreted to the full what he was moving towards. What do you think the good Joachim had in mind that he never put into words or into writing? I think you know. But in case I'm in error, tell me. Joachim's writings are the foundation of a new religious concept. And I think he knew it. I think he knew that his books must sooner or later replace the Bible. I'm sorry for you, Niccolo. Sorry for me? For anyone who subscribes to your group. Well, don't feel sorry for us, Father. Let me feel sorry for you. It's only a matter of time before our philosophy must prevail. That will make an end of you priests. Yes, and an end of your popes and of the Vatican. And you believe that, don't you? You actually believe it. I was so sure you'd join us. I, I was so sure of you. So sure you were enlightened. We needed someone like you. A prominent priest in favor at the Vatican. People would have listened to you. We'd have made you our leader, given you power. You should have known better, my son. I'm bitterly disappointed. You are an intelligent man, a scholar in your own right. I was so sure that all you needed was the opportunity. Opportunity? To stand up and tell the world that the legends of the Bible and the legends of Christ are nothing more than that. Out of date. I'm sure our Lord will be surprised to learn he's out of date, my son. Well, I'll say good night. Good night, Niccolo. Good night. Did I waken you? You should be asleep. I was curious. <laughs> With good reason. You didn't win him over, did you? Well, I, I haven't given up. You'll be wasting more of your time, darling. He admits he approves of Joachim. All right, if he approves of Joachim, he approves of the basic principles we believe in. But Joachim never intended his writings to replace the Bible or to replace the priesthood. On uh, greater minds than yours or mine... Long ago decided he intended just that. That he set out to establish a new concept of religion. A concept based on rational, intelligent thinking. Well, anyway, look at the church. Look at the state it's in. Corruption, intrigue, bloodshed, greed for power. Men are corrupt. Men are greedy. The church is neither. You can't condemn the church for what a few men do. If you condemn the church... You condemn Christ. Oh, Anna, stop that nonsense. When, in the name of sanity, are you going to talk intelligently instead of spouting dogmas? We lived in the dark years. Years when Europe was divided into religious factions, each one seeking domination. Riots, massacre, and bloodshed was our daily diet. I, and those with me, 
were certain the church could not survive and that a new form of religion must replace the old one. I wanted to see it come about. I'd lost all faith in the church. But I did not subscribe to violence and murder. It was a long time before I went to sleep that night. My wife was up early and joined John of Palmer in the garden. The morning was warm. The Bay of Naples sparkled in the sunlight. So much peace and beauty here, Father. And it could be like this all over the world, couldn't it? It could be, my child. I keep thinking of that, that poor priest we saw killed. Why? Why did they kill him? A sign of the times we live in. He must have been a very good priest, and he must have offended some very powerful family. Anna, I'm afraid the life of a priest is not worth too much these days. Even the Holy Father is obliged to guard himself against assassination. What is happening, Father? We are seeing evil committed in the name of religion, child. Faction against faction. Men trying to pull the church apart. But why? Why? For as many reasons as there are factions. For one thing, the church stands in the way of too many men who seek power. Oh, we live in dark times. The church is surrounded by enemies, enemies of God. And still, you know something? It's in times like these when men of great saintliness emerge to carry the banner of Christ. There are such men, even now. Thank God for that. That same day, John of Palmer received a message. He was to return to Rome. I invited him to travel with Anna and me in our coach. We took the coastal road, because there was less chance of encountering bandits along it. I'd like to put a question to you, Father. By all means. By what right does the Pope offer Sicily to England? Ah, uh, that... It outrages me. Simply because you talk in political terms, my son. The Holy Father talks in spiritual terms. Uh, that's no answer to the question. Well, let me put it this way. Sicily is part of the Holy Catholic domain. Within that domain, we have no nationality. We have popes of many nationalities, in fact. On that same premise, Sicily may be governed by any Catholic of the Vatican's choosing. England is Catholic. She's a strong country and could provide large numbers of soldiers for a crusade against the Saracen. Crusade? The church is disintegrating, unable to maintain itself. It talks about conducting military campaigns in foreign lands. What folly! There are many who would disagree with you, my son. Look what's happened in the eastern part of Europe, from Greece to Constantinople. The eastern church has broken away from Rome. Father, can't you understand yet that we need... A revolution of sorts? If we're to unite all peoples? A revolution? To prevent the church from falling apart? No, a revolution to unite people. So far as the church falling apart is concerned, let it fall. My son, it was built on rock. After we arrived in Rome... Long time passed before I saw John of Palmer again. He became Minister General of the Order of Friars Minor and was in great favor at the Vatican. He made several journeys, one to England, to France, Burgundy, Spain. A time came when his good friend, Pope Innocent IV, 
surrounded by militant enemies and plotters, was forced to escape from Rome, flee to France. Papal headquarters were established in that country. During these years, I was in residence in my villa in Rome and had all but forgotten John of Parma. Like everyone else in position, I maintained a system of espionage in Rome. I learned that John of Parma had come back to Rome and was in hiding. Hiding? From whom? Niccolo, why should he be hiding? He's close to the Pope. That's reason enough. We've got to help him. I know. He's being brought to this house late tonight. And maybe this time he'll listen to reason. Things are going badly with the church, worse than ever before. I have news for him when he gets here. You're safe here, Father. It was good of you to send for me, my son. Anna, how nice to see you again. It's wonderful to see you again, too, Father. Supper will be ready very soon. You take some wine, Father? Thank you. Have you been in touch with the news? Not for some days. You know what's happened in the Middle East? Ah, you have news of the crusade. The papal troops were defeated by the Saracen. I, I drink the wine. Oh. oh, thank you. Bad news, hmm? Very bad news, my son. And the Pope is dead. You knew that? Dead? A few days ago. Oh, I thought you must know that. No, I... I didn't know. What brought you to Rome? The, um... The Holy Father entrusted me with the mission to the East. I... I came here to prepare for it. We could have waited until after supper before talking about these things, Niccolo. Yes, I... I I'm sorry, Father. If I could be alone for a few moments, I... I think I'd like to pray for the Holy Father. My private chapel's at your disposal, Father. Thank you, my son. I'll show you the way, Father. If you'd be so kind. His mission was postponed. The election of a new pope was the signal for fresh disturbances. Rome was a hotbed of intrigue. I was neutral. The question of who would be the next pope did not interest me. But my home was filled with guests, many of whom were concerned with the election. One of these people, Andrea Marcello Frascate de Pisa, recognized John of Parma in my house. And his arrogance offended the priest, and John turned on him. My Lord Frascati, the church was not founded for the special benefit of the great and the wealthy nor is a medium of power to be fought for and used as an excuse for murder. And men of goodwill must feel called upon to unite in the sight of God to reappraise the purpose of the church and to cleanse it of all the wickedness that has infiltrated its doors. Frascati took it as a personal attack on himself, you know. Ah, Niccolo, the shoe must fit well. It probably does. But there were others present. Some of them have decided to interpret your words as an attack on the church. Niccolo, that's ridiculous. Perhaps. Perhaps not. Perhaps you did attack the church, Father. I attacked the elements I referred to, not the church. The elements you referred to consider themselves the church. Now perhaps you see why you must join my friends and me. My son, I see no reason to change my position. You will. 
John, you stand accused. What are you saying? It is the document of accusation. Of what am I accused? Joachimism. What else? Joachimism? Well, after all, you are my guest. You were in my house when you made your attack. You see, Father, you're accused of being a Joachimite, like me. You're in my camp now. Accused? And probably to be judged guilty without even a formal trial. I, I can't believe it. Well, here, read the document at your leisure. You seem pleased, my son. Satisfied, Father. Satisfied that you must now be with us, must be one of us. You can be our leader. But he won't be. Anna, be quiet. Where is he? I don't know. Well, he's not in the house. No, he's gone. You know where? No. The truth. It is the truth. I don't know where he went. Did you see him leave? Yes. What did he say? He said he was going to commune with Christ. What did he mean? I'm not sure. You have some idea? No, I don't think so. I sent servants out to make inquiries, not only within Rome itself, but along the roads leading out of the city. Three days later, I had word. Where is he? He resigned his post as Minister General. But where is he? Somewhere along the road to Greccio. He stops every now and then to preach. Then you've lost, haven't you, Niccolo? Anna, you never were with me, were you? I never shared your views. He's walking barefoot, living on whatever people give him. Mug of water, crust of bread. Why? When he could have luxury. When he could have power. When he could strike at the people who struck at him. Instead, he's gone into exile. What does he want? The impossible? Just unity within the church, that's all. The unity of all Christians within the true church. Is that so impossible? A dream for dreamers. But what a dream, Niccolo. And you believe in it, don't you? Yes, darling. And I pray for it. The unity of all who love Christ. Unity without any greed for power, without intrigue, without hatred. Isn't that what Christ wanted? In the years that followed, I lost Arnhem. As time went by, I felt myself growing older than my years. My life without much purpose. Then one day, crept on the impulse... I journeyed to the Abbey at Greccio, wondering if my old friend John of Palmer might still be alive. I found him in his cell working on some notes. I told him about Anna, and we talked for a while. After all these years, I have again been given permission to serve the church. Niccolo, in a few days, I'm starting out for Greece to visit some of the eastern church leaders to try to convince them to unite with us again. Father, I would like to go with you. A man has to have some purpose in life. I have none. You've changed, my son. I think I must have. You had a purpose once. An empty one. The church goes on standing in spite of people like me. 
people still believe in the Testaments. You find that to be true? I know it to be. Welcome back to the church, my son. And come with me when I leave for the East. Thank you, Father. I'm grateful for a chance to serve you. You serve God, my son. I don't know how much real success I'll have in Greece or Turkey, but we may sow a seed, and someday the seed may flourish. It may take a hundred years, five hundred, a thousand, to bring the Eastern Church back to Rome. I don't know, no one does. But in the sight of God, even a thousand years is less than a split second, isn't it? So, we plant the little seed, and the Lord will nourish it in his own good time. Hmm? We began our long journey through the mountainous regions toward Greece. I got to know this man much better. It was what he stood for that made him great. He stood for the church, the one church. And his faith in it was as firm as the rock on which it was built. He died in the wilderness, his mission not completed. But his dream of a united Christian world did not die with him. For he lived in Christ, and Christ is eternal. And the church, which is Christ, is eternal, and will someday embrace all men. to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>